Our reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into the good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And <clears throat> these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you so much, <clears throat> Barry. You know, there's an old uh, Arkansas story about three guys who go deer hunting. You've got a lawyer, a doctor, and a preacher. And so they go out, and they're sitting in the deer stand or whatever, and, and out comes a big old buck. And at the same time, they pull out their rifles, and they shoot it all at the same time with three different guns, and the buck drops. And so immediately they go and look at it, and they're examining it. You know an argument takes over. I, who, who's the one that killed it? You know, And they start arguing, it was me. I was the one. It was. Just then a, a game officer comes up. And uh, he's like, what's going on here? And they explain, well, we're arguing. We, we don't know who killed the, the deer. And, uh, and so he said, okay, let, let me take care of this. And the game officer went, examined the buck, saw different bullet shots and so forth. And he said, ah, I've got it. I know who killed the buck. It was the preacher. And the preacher's like, yes. And, of course, the lawyer and doctor are like, wait, what? How do, how, how do you know? And he said, well, if you see here, there's one, there's one bullet, and I know it's from the preacher, because it went through one ear and out the other. And that's not true of this church, right? No, it's, it's a great story. Because there is something about spiritual realities 
conveyed by words that when spoken can absolutely change lives or be utterly and completely ignored. And it all depends on the state of that person's heart. And that's what we just uh, heard Barry read to us, the parable from Jesus, the parable of the sower. And maybe if you have your Bibles open to Mark chapter 4, you'll see above this passage uh, a little heading that says the, the parable of the sower. And, and most Bible scholars would actually agree that that's a pretty unfortunate heading for this parable. Uh, if we can remember, headings and chapter breaks and, and verse breaks are not a part of the original inspiration. Those were added in later to help us categorize and break down uh, the Bible to understand it. And so they're just summaries of, of what is about to happen as what a heading is. But if you notice the parable of the sower, the sower is actually not at all what Jesus emphasizes. The sower is just someone who casts the seed. I think a better heading for this passage, for this parable, is the parable of the soils. Because Jesus does not elaborate on the sower. Instead, his emphasis is on the various soils, four soils. Each represents a different kind of heart. A heart that interacts with the gospel, the seed, differently. And so this gospel, this seed that is being cast around by the sower is the good news of salvation for all hell-deserving sinners. And it's just scattered among these four different soils that Jesus is going to elaborate on by the sower who is just anyone who is heralding or proclaiming or sharing this gospel of grace, this good news of Jesus. And so there are clear warnings in this parable. And we're going to get to them. And actually, in studying this parable, uh, I, I kind of relearned, rediscovered just how intense of a teacher Jesus is. A lot of us have heard his teaching so often that it's like familiar to us. But if you just think about what he is saying to thousands of people, he is a ride or die kind of teacher. And there are intense warnings that we're going to talk about. But I think rising above all of these warnings is this clear and pure invitation that I actually want to start with because I think it cuts through all the noise, all the interpretations that we could possibly have about this parable, and it gets straight to how Christianity works. And so just to set it up, Jesus is, he's going to teach this parable to the masses, to thousands of people, and we see that in verses 3 through 9. But then he's going to explain it only to a few. Only to those there at his feet in verses 14 to 20. But in between his teaching of the parable and his explaining of the parable, we read this incredible verse, verse 10, that is so easy to just read over. Let me, let, let me read it to you. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. It's not just the twelve that are there at Jesus' feet, asking him to explain his words. There are other people there too. There are people there at Jesus' feet who aren't there for the hype. They didn't just follow the crowds getting caught up in the circus. 
They're not running to Jesus for the healings and the feelings, and that's it. They are there to get Jesus at his word and just to understand his words. And, and, and who can gather there? Anyone who will come. And that's the invitation in the smack dab middle of this passage. And I think it's one of the best snapshots we have of how the Christian life looks in the New Testament. Amid all the noise and the bustle of life. And, and amid all the, even like various motivations for why people even come to Jesus. You have a few people gathered around a boat. Close. Slow. Eager. And desperate enough to understand his words. And to desire to live by them. And to want to walk into and find good pasture with them. Do you want Jesus' words like that? Do you want Jesus like that? You know, it reminds me of Psalm 51, where you have King David. He's writing the psalm right after his awful sins are committed and exposed with Bathsheba, with the murdering of Uriah, and he's just writing this, this psalm out. And we all know verse 10, create in me what? A clean heart, that's right. But then the verse after, verse 11, do you know what he says? Cast me not away from your presence. There he is as a sinner, and what he wants more than anything is just the presence of God. And that's what we're seeing here in this verse 10. To all who will come, Jesus' invitation is wide open. He is the friend of sinners. It's an amazing picture in verse 10, and I wanted to start with it because every three of the four soils we're about to see, they're going to stand in stark contrast to this quiet moment of people just wanting to be in the presence of Jesus, hearing the words of Jesus. And so verse 1 is going to kind of paint the scene, and then we'll get into uh, the parable itself. Let me read verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So thousands of people are following Jesus. That is not strange. What is strange is that in this moment, Jesus has done something pr pretty radical. He started to teach the crowds in parables. And the disciples actually pick up on this. He is no longer teaching plainly the spiritual realities of the kingdom to the crowds, but he's doing it in parables, which is actually going to polarize the crowd. These parables will actually serve as a judgment as Jesus explains, upon the crowd. Because they, when Jesus teaches in parables, they are going to obscure as much truth as they reveal. They are going to push people away as much as they draw people in. And the disciples